You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So to Dizzle, as we say in the cool part of town, I want to talk a little bit about wide receiver because um, obviously we are still hoping that they're going to go out and get wide receiver. Some people are maybe dreaming a little bit too much. Not that it's impossible, but, you know, we'll we'll explore it. Obviously, (laughs) things tend to blow up really quickly. And um, baseless speculation can turn into, in some people's eyes, very, very real possible situations. And as a result, we'll look at it because you never know. I mean, if there's a 0.5% chance it happens, we should at least look at it. But I, I, I need to lay out the fact that we're talking about a maybe half a percent chance here. And what I'm referring to is making a trade for major wide receivers. Because some beat writer who doesn't really know says it's possible that this person isn't going to be getting a contract next year. So maybe they want to get rid of him this year. So maybe the Packers want to acquire a big-time wide receiver. So maybe they'll be giving away a ton of draft capital, which the Packers never really do. Maybe, 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 maybe. In which... Every single one of these maybes is a very small percent chance. But they're all still maybes. None of them are technically no's. So there's a t- so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. 100% there's a chance. 100% there is a very small chance. But it's also kind of exciting. So we'll do that first. Um, I've got a little bit more on the Chicago Bears quarterback situation. It was great timing. This uh, article from The Athletic kind of shed a little bit more light on it, so I figure, just in case there's some Bears fans listening, I'll just just dump out the rest of the salt. I mean, at this point, I feel like the wound is pretty well covered, but I only have a, a little bit of salt left, so I might as well just dump the rest on, on your wound. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. I, you know, again, big pile of things to talk about. It's kind of like just reaching in the bag and pulling something out, and that's, that is the Packernet Podcast. If you haven't been here before, welcome. Come on in, have a seat, grab a beverage. Actually, actually don't, because they're mine. And maybe you should have thought of that and brought your own. Why you would assume that I would just be feeding you and giving you beverages, a little bit rude, to be honest. Why don't you get out, okay? Man, people, I swear. There's nothing wrong with today, actually. There's, there's no news that got me mad, so I figure I'll just get mad at uh, people that I make up in my head. If, by the way, you have not joined the Packernet Podcast Facebook group, please do so. Otherwise, make sure you are in the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. As more people have started to join, they have noticed that um, while I'm in the process of transitioning that from a page that just kind of sits there and is automated and I don't care about it to a page in which I actually put effort into it, some of the old, broken, automated stuff is still there and they're 
obviously mocking that. And uh, yeah, so there's <laughs> one one of my favorite things about the entire page is that it's still auto posting articles, except there's no article there. It's just the title to the article, but no article. So there's like a random sentence. And sometimes that sentence is phrased as a question and people think that I'm asking a question and they start answering it. And I find that hilarious. But yes, there are random broken links with no links there. I'm working on it, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to clean it up and put more interesting things in there. As for now, it's kind of just the Wild West. Just go in and... Um, I still, I still have a, a chat bot that maybe I thought I turned it off, but people are still talking to it. I don't know. So I got this rogue robot talking to people when I don't want it to. It's actually initiating conversation sometimes, and it's like, dude, leave people alone. You're scaring them. But um, you, sh- you should definitely like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. Join, join at your own risk. Otherwise, a uh, five-star iTunes rating and review would be greatly appreciated. If you want to up your game a little bit in the in the support game, you could always jump in on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you're not into that, check the links in the description. There's other stuff, whatever. Why don't we get started with the Bears quarterback thing, since that's where we left off last time. So, not a lot here. It's a big, long article. If you have The Athletic, uh, feel free to go check it out. The article is written by Dan Pompey. And it's entitled, What if the Bears had drafted Joe Montana? Long story short, apparently, the Bears were very, very close to drafting Joe Montana. The Chicago Bears had not only people in the building that were enamored with Joe Montana, wanted him real bad. They also had some inside information. Some of his college coaches knew some of the Bears guys. Don't remember all the backstory. Not going to read the story again. But the bottom line is they were talking to him and they, they knew, like, this guy's a stud. Like, he's really, really good. And the, the crazy thing is, it's not that Joe didn't fall to them. It was in the second round that they said, I really, really, really want Joe. And people were banging, smashing, bashing the table, saying, please, please, please can we take Joe Montana? And their uh, GM guy in charge at the time was like, yeah. You're probably right, but I'm not so sure about Joe. And we got a couple guys that I like. You know, it's one of those things where I keep picking on Andy Dalton, but hes I feel like he's the, the perfect case for, I know he's not that good, but he's kind of too good to replace. So we'll just ride it out for 400 years. Except they didn't have Andy Dalton, but it was one of those situations where it's like, eh, this kid's got, he's, he's not bad, and we got another guy in the wings who's got potential. Why don't we just wait one more round? Because other people were like, dude, he'll make it to the third. Guaranteed. So they're like, I don't want to reach on Joe. If Jimmy over here, making up names, says he guarantees Montana's going to make it to third, again, you know, he's not that good anyways. And if he makes it to the third, all right, fine. We'll bring this guy in. Maybe he can compete with the guys we have. But right now, eh. So they pass on him. And then, the, uh, you know, long story short, 49ers are like, yeah, we're taking this guy. So he doesn't fall to the Bears. So in the context of everything I said yesterday, and if you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, please do so. I spent a long time talking about the embarrassing history of the Chicago Bears. Could be more in-depth, but uh, it's it's pretty simple, right? Just look at the statistics, and it's funny. It's just it's just funny. So we, we had a good laugh together, you know. But again, this this is... And, and then you add in the Trubisky thing. I mean, you, you talk about so close. They were in... They were looking for a quarterback. They had one of the first picks 
in the entire draft. In the draft in which there was Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And I, I hope, 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 when, when you know down the road we find out that there were people in that room saying, I don't know, man, I don't think we should trade up for Trubisky. Even if he's gone, this Watson kid, he's pretty good. I mean, maybe we get Mahomes. He doesn't seem that bad. I'm just saying. There's been so many near misses for a franchise that just wants an opportunity to see what it would be like to have a quarterback that's really good. Because they've had, let's be honest, they've had quarterbacks that are good. Jay Cutler was a talented dude. Now, fortunately for us, his greatest talent was throwing to Green Bay Packers, but his, I mean, his second favorite, best talent was probably, what, his arm strength or something? He had a strong arm. They've had guys that are decent enough, but I'm not even talking about Aaron Rodgers' level or Brett Favre. I'm just talking about, like, this guy's really good. Like, uh, I don't know, what would be an example? Deshaun Watson? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe Deshaun is, is better than I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, I don't know if Deshaun Watson is ever going to be considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but he's good. He's very good. I don't think anybody would really dispute that. Oh, I just, I just like basking in it. I'm sorry. I should move on, but doesn't it feel good? I mean, li- listen, the other aspect of this is just, unless there's a meteor heading for Earth, which yeah, maybe, I don't know, they're probably going to get a quarterback at some point. I mean, it's inevitable. They're going to be looking soon. Maybe within the next year or two, they're going to end up getting the next great, great, great. And he's going to be great for 15 years, and the Packers are going to be down into obscurity, and it's just going to be horror. I don't know. But for now, it's hilarious. So close to Joe Montana. So close to Pat Mahomes. And just just missed. Just missed. Game of inches indeed. I also wanted to bring up something that uh, I got a call from Mr. Andy. He just left a little bit of a note in uh, the voicemail. I've got a phone number you can call, by the way, if you'd like, or leave a text message. It's not my actual phone number, so you don't have to worry about any awkwardness. Just, you know, it goes straight to voicemail. It's, it's just for the podcast, so questions, comments, concerns, whatever. But anyways, he brought up a little bit of an analogy that I thought was interesting. And maybe it's just kind of another way to view this. Because I think it's more or less correct. And I'm going to kind of butcher exactly what he said, but I'm going to say it in my own way. By the way, this is in no way related to anything else. Again, grab bag. It's just completely random. When we look at the draft, I think far too often the disconnect between fans and teams, and not all teams because some teams are incompetent, but let's just pretend teams are perfectly competent and we are fans, and that's fine, but you know, there's, there's a bit of a gap. You could say that that gap could be described, if we were to use an analogy, kind of like dating, whereas... Teams are looking for a long-term, sustainable relationship. Fans are kind of like that guy sitting at a bar who's had a couple beverages. Now, if you approach somebody at, let's just say the library. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it a little more family-friendly, whatever. More than likely, the person you approach, you're approaching based 100% on outward appearance. So if we're, we're kind of peeking back over to the other side of the analogy... We're talking primarily about 40-time, combine-type stuff, great highlights, maybe stats in college. And also, this is where the the analogy gets dicey, for for me anyways, and I have to be careful, short-term benefit. In other words, what's going to help us the most today? And and fans are not shy about saying this. The, The biggest reason fans are very upset, and again, they say this 
is that the window is now and the draft needs to be focused on winning now. The fear is Aaron Rodgers is gone in a couple years. We, we, we may be, as I said just a few minutes ago, heading toward another 10, 15, 20 years of obscurity. We need to capitalize on this moment right now. And I think the Packers and a lot of teams just cannot get themselves to look at it that way. Now, there's it's not true that getting a flashy short-term gain type receiver doesn't have any long-term benefit. But teams are always going to be looking for long-term benefit, again, in a perfect universe. And so just from a value standpoint, a guy that you believe can be the quarterback of the future for your franchise compared to a really good number two wide receiver, the value isn't even close. Now, if we view it from the standpoint of who's going to help us win a Super Bowl in 2020, which is the, the spectrum that the fans tend to be looking from, for the most part, and it's not completely irrelevant... You do want to win, but but again, there has to be some kind of a balance between going all in and worrying about the future. And I think we can say that Gutekunst has done a pretty good job of pushing toward the now. The entire last offseason and draft was about now, including free agency this year. We don't have very much money, but he's still making sure that we have the pieces we need to be able to compete. We lost a linebacker, we got a new linebacker. We lost a tackle, we got a new tackle. The only thing he did that was about the future for sure, because again, A.J. Dillon is about now, DeGuara is about now. I think the offensive line might be a little bit about the future, but a little bit about now. We do need offensive line depth today. The only thing we did that was about the future, and definitely not about today, was the first-round quarterback. So again, it's just kind of a different way to view it. Maybe that helps, maybe that doesn't, I don't know. Long story short, the Packers viewed Jordan Love as the hard-working lady who on her profile is dressed very modestly. She's a good church-going woman. You know, all, all the stuff that, whatever, I don't know, whatever the long-term criteria is. And Patrick Queen is, on the contrast of that, the lady who is probably very nice, but on this particular night is, is falling off of the bar. Different priorities. The Packers, like, you know, the, the first one. Again, it's, a, it's dicey territory, so I'm going to get out of here. But you get what I'm saying, right? And, and, you know, fans are just kind of heathens that way. Anyways, Andy, stop giving me analogies like that. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble. All right, let's talk uh, quickly about wide receiver here. So the the thing that prompted this was, and it's kind of old news, but there's a lot of players that were not offered or uh, their fifth-year option was not picked up, which is kind of a telling thing. One of those people is Corey Davis. And so speculation started to mount about Corey Davis. Now, we talked about Corey Davis prior to all this because there were talks about possibly trading. You had Matt LaFleur that was over in Tennessee. Tennessee doesn't seem to be super keen on Corey Davis, probably rightly so. So the question was, should we possibly trade for him? Either way, the speculation has ramped back up after they have declined his fifth-year option. But beyond that, it also points to the potential for 2021 as Packer fans continue to want a wide receiver and I'm sure as we get into this season there's going to be plenty of opportunities to say see this is why we needed another wide receiver because we're going to see Aaron Rodgers scramble we're going to see Aaron Rodgers look for wide receivers we're going to see Aaron Rodgers not find wide receivers we're going to see Aaron Rodgers throw it out of bounds and people are going to lose their minds and so I, I'm, I'm I would be surprised if we go into 2021 not screaming please help us get some wide receivers and Corey Davis may be at the top of that list the good news is not only are there going to be 
I shouldn't say that. It's not going to be necessarily flush with wide receivers next year, but there are a decent amount of free agent wide receivers next year. Corey Davis will be one of them. It's very unlikely that he ends up getting a contract after they turn down his fifth-year option, but he will be one of them, and again, very, very strong wide receiver class. However, that's sort of just how this got started, but there's actually a bigger name that people are really excited about right now, and that's Juju Smith-Schuster. So, to, to finish out the Corey Davis thing, we're, I, I really would be surprised if we end up... We had the opportunity to do that beforehand, and the cost for Corey Davis now would just be kind of too much, especially needing to give him a contract. I just... Eh. I suppose it could be technically like a one-year rental, but how much is a one-year rental worth? I don't know. But here's the thing with Juju. Apparently, some beat writer, I think for the Athletic, for the Steelers, and I don't mean to imply that the guy has no idea, but it's not from information that he's heard. It's just based on speculation. He believes that the Steelers are really not that interested in Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, he's a second-round pick, so there was no um, fifth-year option for him. So there's no real indication in terms of that, whether or not they like him. But but what Ed Boucher said of The Athletic is that he does not think Juju is going to get another contract. Basically, he had a down year last year. There was no Ben Roethlisberger. There was also no Antonio Brown. And there was no Le'Veon Bell. And this all just culminated into Juju not being very productive. Now, you can view that as, well, why would you expect him to be without a quarterback? But you could also view that as, maybe if he doesn't have a guy like Antonio Brown drawing that much attention, which, obviously, we look at the Packers and say, well, we already have one of those guys, so it wouldn't matter. But just looking at the Steelers, it's possible that he can't quite cut it as a number one. The other aspect of this is he believes even if he has a bounce-back year, he's going to price himself out of Pittsburgh. Now, that is the part that kind of would surprise me. Because if he has a bounce-back year, Juju Smith-Schuster is a very, very, very good wide receiver. To not pay a core piece like that, especially when you move on from Antonio Brown because you have a guy like Juju, to move on from a piece like that would just be kind of shocking. Yes, they did draft James Washington last year. I think yet last year or the year before. I don't remember. But I I just can't imagine that they're going to say, eh, we're good enough with James and nobody. Although they got Chase Claypool, who, as you know, I'm not a big fan of. I, I, I don't know, man. I would just be surprised if he has a bounce back. Because that's really what we're talking about. Oh, that's... Okay, so there's two... There's there's the trade right now for Juju. And then there's next year, would we go out and get him if he bounces back and the Steelers say, eh, he's too expensive. So let's look at them individually and why I don't think it's going to happen. Number one, would the Steelers trade for him today? The answer, I think, is no. The Steelers are legitimately competing for a Super Bowl this year. And I know that seems like it goes without saying. Every team does all the time. But again, the Steelers had a very, very good defense last year. But they lost their quarterback, their number one wide receiver, and their running back. If Ben can come back and be healthy, and if Juju bounces back because Ben is back, they still have a very good offensive line. They still have Connor, who's a very good running back. They've added several wide receivers over the last couple years. Amara Darbo, Chase Claypool, James Washington. And again maybe the potential to be to have the best defense in all of football there's no question this team is is or at least should be at the top of the list for Super Bowl contenders clearly above teams like Tampa Bay and so the idea of trading Juju this year doesn't make sense especially when you factor in they they didn't have a first round pick this year because they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick that's kind of an all-in move Draft picks are for the future. Trading away draft picks to go out and get a defensive player is trading away the future for now. To then trade away the now for the future, the very next year, 
when you get your quarterback back doesn't make any sense. Why would they ever do that? The answer is they would not. And it's not just a one-sided thing. A lot of fans are always looking at it and saying, the Packers should go get him. You can't go get him. You can't steal things. That's That's against the rules. You can't steal players. Like throw a mask on and go over to Pittsburgh and just grab him, if he's even in Pittsburgh. That's beyond the point, though. Now, on the more positive side, to at least throw a bone to the I want Juju Smith-Schuster guys, I do too. And yes, I agree. I think that could be maybe the, one of the biggest things the Packers could do right now to make them a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Juju Smith-Schuster is a slot receiver, incredibly talented. We've got a number one, so that would take away from from uh, Juju. We would have a situation where if we had two wide, it would be Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae Adams. And then if we went three wide, you put Juju in the slot, and then you've got Lazard or Funchess over on the outside. I mean, it's just, it's a really nice-looking group. On top of now our running back duo with Aaron Rodgers, with our offensive line, with our defense, it's really starting to look nice. But I, I want to reiterate, I don't see any, and, and, I, and that's just from the Steelers' side. We also have to then look at the Packers and say, do we think the Packers are willing to part with the money and the draft capital to go out and get Juju Smith-Schuster? I don't disagree that they might be looking at wide receivers because after the draft, you kind of evaluate what you've done. They clearly have, have, have stated that they wanted to get better at wide receiver. They know that they want somebody that is going to be an upgrade over what they currently have at number two. Again, they, they we know tried to get wide receivers in the second round as well as the third round. It just didn't pan out, potentially even the first round. I don't know. And so after the draft, because you can't satisfy every single need in the draft, there's just not enough picks. There's especially not enough really high picks, say the first three rounds. You should probably call it the first four for the Packers because they tend to hit on the fourth round, but they gave away their fourth round pick, so it doesn't matter. And so being able to reevaluate it and say, okay, so we still need help in these areas. Where can we go out and find these guys? Are they willing to look? I think they are. Again, though, are they willing to give up that much draft capital, whatever it would be? To go get a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, I just don't think so. I think it's too costly. I mean, if it costs a first-round pick, I say there's zero chance. Because the Packers still have needs that they need to satisfy. And a lot of those needs are prevalent in the 2021 draft. I think, if I had to guess, offensive tackle is their number one priority. It might not be yours, but if I had to guess, I would say the Packers' number one priority in the 2021 draft is offensive tackle, and there's a lot of them in that draft. There's also a lot of wide receivers. So why give up a first-round pick for Juju Smith-Schuster? who now has built up an injury history, and there are question marks about him after having a down year. I'm just saying that's unlikely. Also, there's the, the major aspect of getting a rookie and not having to pay him for the first four years of that contract or pay him big money. Whereas Juju, you have to pay him massive dollars. Next to Devante, who you're already paying massive money to, which we know the Packers don't like to do that, to pay big-time dollars to two wide receivers, you're essentially doing that right out of the gate. I mean, you might be offering Juju a contract today if he came over here and I don't think they're willing to do that so f- both from the Packers and Steelers standpoint I don't see that happening and that kind of stands for next year as well because next year even if even if the Steelers decide they're going to move on Juju wherever he ends up going is going to be getting a massive contract and I just don't think the Packers are going to offer a massive contract when they have Devonte Adams making massive massive dollars buku dollars so it just it just seems unlikely to me. And it's, it's a tough spot because they don't want to do that. They don't want to invest a ton in a really good wide receiver, but they still want to get a better wide receiver. But it's like, okay, well, you, you got to pick. You got to do something. If you want to upgrade at wide receiver and you don't want to just get another 
Funchess, another Lazard, another guy just in this group, it's going to be costly. Because guys that are on that next level are expensive. And the problem the Packers are having is they want another guy that's better, they just don't want to pay for it. They don't want to go too early in the draft, they don't want to give too much money, they don't want to give up too much draft capital. And so this is why we're kind of just stuck in this zone. So I, I, I just don't see it really happen. If, again, if it does, I'm going to be doing backflips, because I think that would be huge. But it just doesn't seem to be what the Packers like to do, especially this year as, as you look at all the acquisitions they've made. They, they filled all the holes. They just filled them with guys that we didn't necessarily want. Maybe we rationalized it after the fact, like Christian Kirksey and, and Wagner. But the fact of the matter is we went backwards in all these positions. We didn't really add anything to these positions. If Kirksey's better than um, Martinez, it's it's definitely not by a wide margin. I would disagree with you, but either way, it's not a big step forward if it is. And I don't know how you can argue Wagner's better than Balaga, but if you wanted to, again, how much of a step? Not Not very much, right? So clearly that was the strategy going in. We don't have a lot of money. If we have the opportunity to get a discount on somebody that can at least come in and be a starter, like guys with injury history and whatnot, then let's just spend our money that way. So again, the idea that after all this, and after we've spent a bunch on free agents and don't really have a lot of money, and we don't like to give away draft capital, we're going to go out and get Juju Smith-Schuster. I just, I'm sorry, I don't think so. I know, I mean, if you just type Juju Smith-Schuster in Google, the first things that are going to pop up is the Packers should trade for him. It's all over. It's all everybody's talking about. But it's kind of silly, and it's not going to happen. So I don't mean to be a dream crusher, but, I mean, come on, you knew that, right? Anyways, let's take a quick break and uh, dive into a couple other little things. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So I saw a uh, question or comment from Jonathan in the Facebook group. His comment says, quote, I'm not sure if Ryan has discussed this, but the one thing I don't quite understand still is why, if the Packers just want to shift to a quarterback who'll play within an offense and make quick, easy throws, did they draft a guy that is so similar to Rodgers' current style of play? Love seems to want to scramble and extend plays like Rodgers does. Do they think they can train him to not do that, or do they want someone who has the ability to do that, but uh, only as a last resort? He says, I like the Love pick, by the way, just thought they would go in a different direction with the style of play. So I think your second to last question is kind of the answer. They want a guy that has that ability, but only as a last resort. Because, to be honest, I kind of disagree with the notion that 
Love isn't that guy. So, I mean, if you look at Jordan Love highlights, no question, there are times when he looks like Aaron Rodgers. The upside is the fact that he can do that. And I, I to, to answer your first question, I have addressed this a little bit. The, the comment that I've made before is the fact that a lot of people point to how Aaron Rodgers or how Jordan Love looks like Aaron Rodgers and, and the strength of, of what he does is how he throws off his back foot and all that stuff. But if you actually sit down and watch him, not highlights, sit down and watch four, five, six of his game, that does not look like Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers didn't draft him. This was my observation. They didn't draft him for those couple times when things break down and he scrambles and throws off his back foot. They drafted him for the 40 passes in between those throws in which he gets the ball, throws the ball, gets the ball, throws the ball, gets the ball, throws the ball, gets the ball, throws the ball. That's exactly what he does do. Again, go watch. There's no question about that. The ball is out of his hand quickly. And in fact, rather than me just saying it, I thought I would look it up because there are people that track these statistics. How quickly does a person get the ball out of their hand? And again, they want a guy who is adept at, when I get the ball, I make my read, and if my first read is there, I'm just going to throw it. And we've seen Aaron Rodgers, on more than one occasion, see the guy that's open and say, eh, I see that he's there, but I'm going to look down the field. Jordan Love does not do that. He has a job. He is told what to do. You look here. If he's open, you throw it. If he's not, you go to the next one. If he's open, you throw it. If he's not, you go to the next one. Aaron Rodgers goes to the first one, sees he's open, says, mm, yeah, but there's a guy deeper. I want to see if what he's. I want to see what he's up to. Nope, oh, nope, he's not there. Let me go to the other guy who's kind of, nah, all right, fine. And then he dumps it off, and at that point, the guy's not going to go anywhere. It's completely out of rhythm. The guy's been standing there for a long time. There's a defender kind of just standing next to him, and it just it's just kind of ugly. And it looks like a, a dump-off bailout play, but if he'd have thrown it to, it to him first, it could have been a bigger play. Anyways, the fastest recorded 2019 average time to throw, which is to say from the time the quarterback gets the ball in his hand to the time he thro- releases it, in 2019 was Andy Dalton, 2.51 seconds. Jordan Love in 2019 averaged 2.5 seconds. If Jordan Love did what he did in college in the NFL, he would have gotten the ball out faster than every single quarterback in all of football. Aaron Rodgers is one of the slowest to get the ball out of his hands. In an offense in which Matt LaFleur wants the ball out quickly, I've designed this so that people get open, and if you play within the, the system, the ball should be coming out relatively quickly. In that system, Aaron Rodgers is not getting the ball out quickly. So the question is, although they both have a similar skill set, Aaron Rodgers to a much higher degree, but they're they're similar players in terms of ability and arm talent, and that's sort of Jordan Love's upside. The massive difference is that Aaron Rodgers is a big play guy in terms of his mentality. He wants the big play. He knows what he can do. And we've seen, if if you've been on Twitter or whatever, you've seen examples of people showing those types of plays in which he's staring. There was somebody just a day or two ago who showed an example, I think it was against the 49ers, of rolling to his left, staring down Devontae, throwing it with a guy just blanketing Devontae all the way down the field. And the three other wide receivers, every single one of them is wide open, including two of them who are relatively deep. One of them's probably 15, 20 yards down the field. The other one probably was a touchdown if he throws it. But he's staring down Devontae the whole time and, and still throws it to Devontae even though he's covered. He doesn't even bother to look at an, in another direction. right? If you want to start with Devontae, fine. But if he's covered, at least glance. Just glance. He didn't even glance. And again, that has to... Matt LaFleur sees this. There's no way that Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst and the rest of the staff don't see that Aaron Rodgers is doing this and have meetings and say, listen, this this, this, uh, this isn't great. Everything that I'm working on, uh, you know, we, we 
played the audio, of, let's call it a week ago. A very good point was made up. If you have a coach who is putting in 10, 12, 14-hour days drawing up plays and scheme based around these guys to draw people open and you get people open and your quarterback just refuses to play within that system, that's going to get old pretty quick. And the point is Jordan Love does not do that. Again, just go watch him. If you go on YouTube, type in Jordan Love verse, it'll pull up a bunch of his games. They're full games, but it's cut-ups of him throwing as opposed to handoffs. And just go look at, at the, the, the flow of the offense. He gets the ball, he goes through his progressions, and when he sees somebody open, he throws it. That's what Matt LaFleur wants. That's why they took Jordan Love. I mean, it, it's beyond that. I mean, he's, he's got the upside. So again, the, the last part of your second-to-last question is, I think, the answer. They want somebody that has the ability to do what Rodgers can do, obviously not to the same degree, but still, to be able to play off-script and all that. However, we want a little bit less off-script, and Jordan Love primarily does not play off script. He plays within the system, and then when it breaks down, he's got that second ability, that that sort of, I guess, second gear, whatever you want to call it, to be able to make plays after the fact. And, and again, there's there's no better, not even, the second best option for Jordan Love is so much of a worse option compared to playing behind Aaron Rodgers. It's unbelievable to be able to learn the system from Matt LaFleur, which is a great system for Jordan Love but still be able to learn how to groom that that next-level ability that Jordan Love has. Outside of Pat Mahomes, I don't know that you could even argue there's a better quarterback in terms of that ability, you know, today. I don't know who, Russell Wilson, probably, right? Those three guys, that's it. But arm talent on the run, I don't even think Pat Mahomes quite has that ability. I'll concede that Pat Mahomes today is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, fine. And Pat Mahomes has incredible ability to you know throw on the run and he does that dumb thing where he tries to look away and throw it which is really stupid but i still don't it doesn't matter we're splitting hairs add in the fact that aaron Rodgers is much closer to the end of his career than pat mahomes is there is absolutely no better situation for jordan love and the packers recognize that and again how much value does jordan love have in the draft depends on which team we're talking about how much value does jordan love have to the chiefs it's not zero. Again, it's a good situation to be able to learn behind Andy Reid or from Andy Reid behind uh, Pat Mahomes. You have the potential to groom him into a very good quarterback, but it's still less value because he's never going to see the field outside of being a backup. And really the upside is being able to trade him in a couple years. And so if you can pick him up like in the third round and flip him for a one later or even second round, maybe. But taking him in the first round doesn't make any sense. How much value does he have? For Tampa, well, decent value, but it's nowhere near as good of a situation. Tom Brady is a completely different skill set. He has n- They have nobody there that's going to really, well, I shouldn't say nobody, obviously these are very talented people, but there's nobody like Aaron Rodgers in Tampa that can teach him how to develop that part of his game. And it's also a completely different offense from what he ran in college. So it's not as great of a fit. In terms of do they need a quarterback, yes, and he's a quarterback, so it kind of makes sense, fine. But in terms of specifically his skill set to Tampa, doesn't really make that much sense. Where is his value the most? No question it lines up beautifully for the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love could not have been in a better situation. Now, maybe he would disagree because he feels like he's ready to play today and he wants to go to a team that needs a quarterback today. He doesn't want to sit. But long term, he has to know there's no better situation for him than the Green Bay Packers. And that should be encouraging to us. Because if he's ever going to have a shot of being of reaching that full potential. And and listen, this is what people have been saying. He has the potential to be a great, great, great quarterback. 
but he's very raw and he needs to sit. Okay, well, he's going to sit, and he's going to sit behind the guy that's going to teach him better than anybody else could. So if there's any chance of him reaching his full potential, which means being a very good quarterback, it's probably going to be in Green Bay. And guess where he is in Green Bay? So if it doesn't work out here, and if in two years he's still a bust quarterback, he was never going to be a good quarterback. It was just never going to happen. So again, at least get excited about that. I know nobody's excited about throwing a pick away. That's not going to help us in in the next two years. And it's also not exciting to think that the only way in which he helps us is when Aaron Rodgers is gone, and that gives us nightmares in and of itself. So there's no real good situation here. But it's the best possible way we can look at this. And, And the reality is Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be here forever. And not having a quarterback after Aaron Rodgers should scare us a little bit more than at least having the prospect of Jordan Love being the next great. So let's just pretend he's going to be and get excited about it. That's where I'm at anyways. Anyways, I think I'm going to cut it there. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. I swear, every day when I say have a great and then say the day, there's either there's always a sense of panic. Because it's like, I think it's, let's say Thursday. And then I'm terrified, like, oh dude, it might be Wednesday. You know why I need you to donate on Patreon? You know why I need your support? You know why I would like you to talk about the Packernet Podcast to your friends? Because one of these days, and it might be 20 years from now, I don't know, I would like to wake up, say, have a great day, and even if I'm wrong about the day, it doesn't matter, because I'm not going <laughs> I'm not going to work that day, because I don't have that job anymore. Because this is my job. That's why. And I'm only about $100,000 away from that goal. <laughs> so, if you can spare a dollar a month, that would be great. A dollar a month, 50 grand a year, whatever you can offer. But uh, in the meantime, I'll continue to shudder at the prospect of having to go to work. Like the rest of us, right? I know, why should you have to go and I don't? I don't know, because I'm selfish. That's why, obviously. I always have such a hard time saying goodbye. I don't want to. But goodbye. Have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow.